think I know what's going on here. I had uh, to reset a bunch of stuff on my on my uh, gate. Oh my goodness. Okay, there. What? You can hear me now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I had I had done a, some kind of a reset on some sort of location settings or something on my phone because I was having problems and it seemed to have wiped out all of my Skype settings about allowing notifications. So I'm I still couldn't find that why you couldn't call me. But anyway, now we're talking. <laughs> oh dear, the fun of Skype. Yeah. Well, then it just started saying like, oh, it wants to use your microphone. It wants to use your camera. It wants to use video. It wants to do all this. I'm like, I just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've had a long wish list. <laughs> yeah, isn't it so? I mean, it's both convenient and annoying. It's annoying when things change because you get used to stuff being the same way, and us more. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how it matter how old I am, but I feel like since I'm older, I got less patience for it. It's just like you know what? It works. You don't have to bloody well update it every two weeks. Exactly. I know. Like I go back I to the, agree. I would go back, gladly go back to the one that I used, like when we first started doing this and I wouldn't care. Like I, there's no advantage to me having to like pull my hair out. I don't have any hair to pull out. <laughs> I know it was perfectly fine before. I, I don't get it. I, I, it's so funny. I, I just, I just bought a tape deck, like a, a citizen tape player. Like a cassette tape old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's old school technology. Yeah, I found it at uh, V-Store for five bucks. So why not? Yeah, and I even wondered if I still had any cassettes in the house. I found one, <laughs> but David's not going to like it. It's ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gave all my way. They're kind of becoming trendy again, apparently. Like, I notice sometimes when I go to shows... The bands playing the younger bands sometimes will have like a release that they did on a cassette. It's like it's yeah. coming trendy. Yeah, kind of funny. Oh, I think yeah. Um, the hipsters really love the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Next, they'll be bringing back eight tracks or wax I... wax cylinders. Mm-hmm. From Edison's day. I went to uh, do some sketching over the weekend and a, a student came with me. Her name is Winter and she was wearing a windbreaker that she bought at a, a vintage store and it was an 80s style windbreaker with pink at the bottom and a kickway jacket. <laughs> Sort of like a K-Way, but it was another mark, like Winston or something like that. Uh, I, f I forgot. I like it was color. the kind that old men wore when I, when I was like in the 90s. They were still wearing these kind of sort of windbreakers with a zipper that goes to the middle. It lo looks like a K-Way, but it's not exactly a K-Way. <laughs> it's kind of the same, like that light sort of material that doesn't really breathe and it's repellent water and wind and, and it probably has piping on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she looked so good in it and she was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this was what old men were when I was in my 90s. Uh, I mean, when yeah, I was in the 90s. In the 90s. I was, I was mid-20s, something like that. 
Yeah, so that was yeah, funny. The sort of thing that you see on retro television shows. Mm-hmm. Like those like um, Stranger Things or whatever. Yeah, totally. It's in yeah. that range. Yeah, absolutely. I remember so... those days well. Well, not mm-hmm. that well, but... I do. I do too. It's it doesn't seem to be so far away. And then I I looked I was looking it had a, an ace it was missing the plug. I can play it with batteries, but I would really like to find a plug. And it said AC on it and I tried all my old AC plugs in there and not none of them could fit. Just the wrong shape? Yeah. It's like yeah. the pins are just a little tiny bit uh, either closer or further apart. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, is it is it like one of those like uh, Ghetto Blaster style radios? Yeah. 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 You mm-hmm. could probably open that up and just get a, get a cord and just wire it right in with Marats and have it just permanently wired in. Yeah. If worse came to worse. Yeah, that wouldn't be that hard to do. No. Okay. Oh. What's Maybe that? we could do uh, a Facebook video together <laughs> and you can help me <laughs> figure it out because I would yeah, really AC. like to do that. Yeah, AC is pretty good because it doesn't matter what way you hook it up. You just have to disconnect the, uh, go inside and it would come into where the pins are. And if you, you just have to either cut that or get some, get a soldering iron and heat it up and then just tie it right in. And I guess the way to get the cord in would be the hard part. But, but it would allow you to listen to your abacassette. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Yeah, we, we'll have to do that. I do have a soldering iron. And I have uh, screwdrivers, the precision, precision screwdrivers there. Yeah, so, so you could probably take the little piece right out. There's probably two little screws that hold it in on the inside. You could take that piece out that you plug into and just run the cord in a hole through there. It would be not perfect, but the problem with that is then you can't unplug it. Or maybe maybe you could still keep a looking keep a look around see maybe you might still be able to find that same pattern because there are not that many of them out there I don't think but who knows maybe back then they were different. But like I can turn the power on and off, I think. Right, right, and you're never going to want to take it out with you and use it out in the wilderness or anything like that. <laughs> Listen, well, to Abba, no. while your Abba, while your field's getting. <laughs> well, I guess not. But uh, or I could just unplug the plug from the wall yeah. when I'm wrap not up, using wrap it. Wrap it up or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In any yeah. case. Yeah. All right. So uh, that uh, the art life, the art life. Yeah, that was surprising to me. I didn't realize that uh, the whole thing. I I did watch it, watch it all, and he he barely mentions anything about filmmaking. Actually, he almost doesn't. They show one image from Eraserhead from the cover the sort of poster for it that is up in his his studio at one point they show and then they also um he talks about his first kind of thing that he got a grant to was called the alphabet I'd never heard of that but that's really the only and that was more or less a moving painting more so than a, a film very artsy so yeah I didn't realize he was that serious of a of a painter me neither I I but that explained so much didn't it hey Mark? oh i think oh so. yeah you see like those kind of grotesque images and stuff and anything that you've ever seen of his it's all kind of connected right definitely when you look at him painting these gloomy 
darkish, uh, almost Stuff with like text on them and yeah, yeah. Cool. basementy. And he talks about did you did you listen when he's talking about his father coming from up behind him, from behind him, they. Did, do you remember that? I, that's sort of ringing a bell. I, 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 what, what was the? He was his father was visiting him, and David Lynch had an apartment. I can't. I, I think he was talking about Philadelphia, that Philadelphia was the best place for his art to, to, to take place in because the city was so industrial and and weird looking uh, and he had an apartment and in the basement he would collect birds and fruits that he'd let rot oh, yeah. and he'd, he'd do you remember that now? Yeah, yeah it was like letting fruit rot and stuff and his dad thought maybe he had he should never have children <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was it. <laughs> and then you see him with his little daughter, eh? Yeah, yeah. While like he's that. painting and she's playing around. And then he, he has her on his knees and it looks like he would be... In his seventies, you think? Yeah, he's the same age. He's just a couple years younger than my dad. He was born in forty-six, so okay. my dad was born in forty-one. So he's like five years. So he's probably just around seventy-one now, right? Six? Yeah. No, seventy-three. Yeah. And uh, he's make. Have you noticed his artwork? How uh, he writes things, like people say things, and there are words and. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I actually went online and looked at some other stuff afterwards. I just sort of was wondering what it would cost to buy one of his paintings and or prints or whatever, or whatever that he does. And uh, you know, you can probably you can get like a simple one for about twenty five hundred dollars. So they're not they're not mm. so they're not super super expensive. But uh, maybe that would be a, a like some kind of a lithograph or something too, limited edition. I, I didn't really look that closely, but I liked. Um, what I liked about watching him work was how much he worked with his hands. Incredible. You know, like putting on those those neoprene or whatever nitrile gloves and then working with like, it looked like, I don't know, epoxy and sometimes it was clay or sometimes it might have been like um, um, drywall compound or something like that. Yeah, what what do you think that gloop, that stringy stuff? That was that... the one I was really interested in. I think that might have been that must be some kind of a resin based epoxy, is my guess. That's starting to cure. Yeah. Almost like a fiberglass or something, but something that doesn't cure quickly, that goes from like liquid to solid just like that. Something that has a slow curing process, and he's trying to form it into the shapes that he wants. I, I give that's a complete guess on my part, but it looks like it would stink. Like it's like it rubbery. It's like rubbery. Yeah, and maybe and that. And it's possible that it was actually rubber too. Actually, that's possible. Or maybe rubber was something else. Latexy or rubbery. Yeah, uh, he's a... pulling on it, and then he's placing on this uh, sort of foamy 
insulation yellow foamy things that you can get like that that big foamy insulation <laughs> yeah well i like um I, I really like the way he was working with his hands and i like the some of the things he was saying earlier on about you know the sort of things we always talk about how you have to make a lot of mistakes and just keep doing it keep doing it and you can see that he spent his whole life just basically trying to get that you know the effect that he's trying to get to and whether he's got there or not in his own head who knows but he just keeps doing it and, uh, yeah he seems he has that look i recognize it i i get it when i'm looking for something it's just you won't let go he yeah, has he couple... that sorry I, I like... yeah. in... sorry sorry not trying to finish that <laughs> go ahead <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm just like babbling here. But he, uh, I, I liked, I was just remembering, I'm just looking at my notes here and I was interrupting myself really. Remembering his, um, the, his friend's dad, the painter who really inspired him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you I remember didn't his name? Yeah, I didn't recognize the name and I didn't actually look him up. But he says, he, he thought that, he was, I had a couple of quotes. He said, he thought being an artist meant drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and painting all the time. <laughs> It looks like he, he followed through with that one. Right? He's smoking at every single scene. Yeah, when he said that, I thought, oh, my God, is he ever doing it? Yeah. <laughs> He's smoking so much. Yeah. Every time he lights up, I think, oh, no, David Lynch. Please be careful <laughs> you with yourself your lungs. With that I guess he hasn't already. It's, he's probably okay, but still. Maybe the alcohol pushes the nicotine away. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know sure if he's drinking. I'm not sure if he's still really... A, he didn't really show him drinking anything. He probably has... I don't know that much about him in that. He yeah. seemed to be like kind of like fueled on coffee and cigarettes. That's true, eh? Mm. Doesn't seem to be... It's called the, the Frank Zappa diet. I don't think Frank oh Zappa ate. I think that's all he, all he did was smoke cigarettes. <laughs> he was so skinny. Oh... But yeah, oh, so he's the, the he's a, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I think we have like a split second delay. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Go, go ahead. Sometimes that happens. I was just going to say like summarizing him. If you just really realize he's, he's a pretty big name in modern art, like just from the breadth of stuff that he's done. And I mean, whether you like his paintings or not, doesn't even really matter. It's just that he's, he's out there and he's doing it and he's serious and he's, He's made successful films in all different genres, of, from art films to films that had really quite mainstream success. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He. I. I don't think. Um. I don't think he needs that anyway. I. I just now that I know that he's a painter, I think it was always about painting, or I, always about making his artwork. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the last film we made is 2006, so he hasn't really been too active there. And he really hasn't made that many. He's only made a handful of them. Like for some, you know, some people, they make one every year or two. He's made like maybe 10 since 77 to 2006. Yeah, I, I wonder what his uh, process is um, visually, but I'm pretty sure that uh, he... Because when he's painting, uh, you can see in his painting 
that he has a story in the painting. And very, very cinematic. The I'm thinking about the one where he has he was uh, shaping the letters things oh, I learned in school. Yeah, out of out of wire. Yeah. Picking them into the wood or whatever his base was. Yeah, that was uh, that was I really like that. The boy had long, long, long arms, and there was a radio yeah, yeah. in his hands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from looking at each detail in that painting, the the radio, the way that it's shaped, it's it's like a transistor radio, maybe from the 60s or 50s, maybe, but right. I think more 60s. Uh, with uh, a, like a plasticky beige plasticky look to it that that sort of art deco kind of right. pared down uh, look uh, you find it all the time in in Twin Peaks and his last last Twin Peaks his second the reboot totally yeah, it's like in one of the, his paintings I saw just like a kind of a weird cloud stain and I was thinking from the first Twin Peaks the stain on the carpet to the second Twin Peaks all right. of these kind of mass masses of cloud that that's that contains a soot and grossness you know <laughs> Yeah, I started I started watching the the new the reboot of Twin Peaks. I guess I would have been about five years ago at this point, right? Maybe something like that four years ago. Anyway, uh, I started watching it and it made me realize that I just wanted to watch the whole thing over again from beginning. So I started at the beginning trying to watch it with Ashley, but we never we never made it made it through it for whatever reason. Not not because we didn't like it, just because you know other things come up. Yeah. And you kind of sort of forget about something sometimes when you yeah. start you start this show and then another show comes up and you yeah. start forgetting about this other Which show. Which ones you, were you doing. actually put on, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. what else? There were the insects. He really really liked the photo work with insects. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He had some stuff there that I'd never seen before either. The film, the film. I think they're like vignettes of film, with like a mirror, a mirror image of of insects. Yeah, there was the, a lot of mirror stuff he was doing. That's true. Yeah, that that was also that was that was in Twin Peaks. There there were. It, weird bugs and insects like bo Bob was like an evil insect that I think got transformed after the 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 bomb the nuclear bomb testing that they did in the desert and yeah and I, I remember another connection I think with Twin Peaks and all of his other work and things that hearing him interviewed was him talking about how a lot of the things that happened in Twin, in Twin Peaks that are kind of iconic scenes were actually not planned. Like, the Bob showed up by accident. 
Bob was like showed up in, an, in a reflection. And oh my David, god! And David Lynch just liked it so much he worked this new character in. And then oh. the other one that was, like that was the, the the flashing lights and when he's taking the little letter out of Laura Palmer's fingernail and the lights oh. are off. Apparently, apparently that was a failure in the electrical system. And he's like, no, no, let's keep going. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you know, he, I think he likes the idea of of having accidental things happen. I think he even mentioned that actually. I think I wrote something down about that. Sorry. <laughs> um, See, accidents to destroy something which can lead to something good. Make, you know, make, making a mess, trying to work your way out of it almost. Awesome. Yeah, yeah those happy cool. accidents are, are marvelous. But you have to be willing to, to listen to it and to go there. You have to yeah, go there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You have to be willing to, to let it guide the process and to try not to affect it too much and to figure out where you want to take it or go with it or let it take you i guess it can be a combination of those three things but uh yeah, yeah you, you have to, and you have to be kind of open i think a lot of artists are more like um, classical musicians where they they don't like the idea of something being out of their control oh my god i've met a few artists that recently that just are so controlling my goodness. Yeah, you end up becoming the opposite in a way of what an artist should be. Not to, I'm not even, I don't know who these people are and I'm not knocking anybody because no, no, no. But no. to me, to me, it's, it's almost the opposite because you end up becoming kind of almost narrow minded about what it is that you're trying to achieve. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's, it's, it's really, you have to be careful. Uh, and just, uh, yeah, just be careful. That might be a, a disadvantage in a way of, for somebody that's born with an incredible amount of natural talent, like, you know, the kids that can draw like perfect cartoons and stuff when they're in like grade four or grade five and you're like, <laughs> I can't even use a crayon yet. <laughs> Apparently I'm still like working my way through that. <laughs> Bigger still, right? But anyway, you know what I mean, right? Like it's in a way, sometimes having this, in a way it's a gift, but it, you, you could be almost, um, it can almost take over your ability to be able to think freely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah. David Lynch is good at, at letting letting it just happen. Well, yeah, while having developed his his own uh ideas. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, like something that uh, is so him. Yeah, so so totally. So that like, was... I had never seen much of that visual art before. And as soon as I saw one with the sketch the te the text in the background and that kind of like gothic sort of look to it and you just go, mm. I would know that was him even if I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah, just it, even it just the way the he writes his 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 calligraphy is really I haven't seen that kind of the letters are really spaced out uh, each letter there's a lot of space in between the letters when he when he prints when he it's cursive he he uses sort of a typical kind of cursive thing but uh is printing anyway is really interesting and, and his like hair his Sorry. hair come on his hair is epic yeah he's got epic hair he's had that same hair for a long time he's a he's a pretty <laughs> epic character he's almost like a caricature of himself <laughs> a little bit with the pants and the like he always wears the same kinds of pants yeah, and another thing that kind of occurred to me as I was watching through that was I, I like the way that the documentary was made where they never really interviewed him. They just showed him like sitting in a chair 
with him talking over himself. Like there was very, very, there was only one scene, the scene that you mentioned when he's with that little girl where they actually show him talking. And I don't think he, they showed him talking in any other picture in any other images other than they, there was somewhere he would be talking, but it was, he was narrating over top of whatever he was saying in the film. It was like a black and white film from the seventies and it, they weren't playing the audio from it. They were just playing the film. Yeah. So do I thought you it was think a... that they put maybe some cameras and they just filmed him whenever he didn't know. And then maybe they asked him, can you go to that microphone and just tell stories. Do you think they did that? Like back in the earlier, like some of that earlier footage, or you no, think now? No. But it, for for this for this movie, the art life. My suspicion is, is it was set up like a normal um, interview show, similar to what we're doing now, where there would be somebody asking him questions and letting him go. But then they didn't use the footage from that; they used other footage to to go over. That's my my suspicion, mm -hmm. but I don't know. But I, I like the way it was put together, and like I appreciate that there's a bit of monotony to his voice, and and uh, I, I I did let it go through, but I was gonna my plan was originally to stop it halfway and then finish it today, but I just said oh I'll just I'll just let it go. I didn't finish it. I went. Uh, my God, I think the last scene was yeah when he was making that things I learned in school painting. Okay. I don't remember yeah. exactly who that was, but I think part of my curiosity was I really wanted to hear him talk about his his connection between his his painting and his his you know major like release motion pictures and and art pictures like whatever I mean he made the Elephant Man he made Eraserhead he made he made Twin Peaks he made Mulholland Drive. He made one about a guy who drove a lawn tractor across the north, across the. North. I love that movie. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called now. I've to never, see I've, his brother. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. so I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like that. Maybe I'll try to find that one. Maybe watch it soon, because that's one I haven't seen. And then he did one in two thousand and six that I that sounded good too that I also haven't seen. But that's almost all of them. I almost listed all of them except for maybe three. Like he really hasn't made that many films. So to think of somebody in a way, making such a big name for themselves without having, like, like, I mean, Elephant Man, I guess, was kind of big, but it was pretty weird. Mm -hmm. It's Eraser hard to watch. Eraserhead certainly was weird, and it wasn't, like, it had no, it would have had no, nobody would have really cared about it. It's a cult film. But I think okay. he actually did, I think he actually did pretty well with the Elephant Man, though. I think that one actually got wide release, and it had some interest. The Eraserhead, I have a story to tell you about that I was maybe 13 14 <clears throat> something like that uh, and in Quebec so I didn't speak English back then um, I only started speaking English when I was 17 um, and there were always festivals at the Cinema Quartier that was uh, neighborhood uh, cinema movie theater uh, like a repertory theater like one that were like the New Yorker was here in London for example I don't know I guess the repertory thing hadn't come to me yet I, I was to me Cinema Quartier was just a movie theater it so wasn't Star Wars or you could go there and see whatever yeah but I imagine that it was a repertory theater because they had 
like le festival de publicité, for example, where you'd see ads from France and Italy and, and they'd show all the ads that won the best ad in their country of the time. And that was my favorite because they were so funny and smart and, you know, just great. But um, <clears throat> I um, it used to cost one one fifty one seventy five for a student, so I used to go, and one time I went and I did not know this movie at all. Eraser Head. I'm sitting there, <laughs> and it's the weirdest. Like it was almost like a nightmare to me. It really is, I, actually. I it's didn't like... understand it at all. And I kept thinking, why is somebody making something like this? I, why would you want... I was like, you know, in my 13, 14-year-old mind, I was <laughs> just this is, uh, this horrified. Macabre. Yes, it's, it's, I, think it, that's, I think it had that was its intended effect, I guess. But yeah, then, something else... When I went to uh, Toronto when I was 19, I remember telling that story because at the time uh, there was Libby and there was Mark Berman and they all, they went to film school for a while and they all loved David Lynch and, you know, idolized him and everything. And that would come up in conversation and they think that was a great movie, and I never <laughs> understood at all. And I still yeah, don't I, understand. I, I had not seen it. I when I came to, uh, when I came to to London to go to university here, and I met uh, my ex-wife for a long time, Karine Marshall. She had like an Eraserhead shirt, and I knew about Eraserhead. I knew that it was this like very strange film and I knew about David Lynch but I it was pretty hard like growing up in Niagara Falls you would never like you wouldn't be able to go to the like the video store and take out a racer head right they would not have it at the video store <laughs> they it actually played at the New Yorker here in London at the repertory theater and I remember going one of the first things I ever did with Karine was going to see a race. no actually we were there at the same time we figured out but we weren't we didn't know each other yet because I think it was like the first week of school when I was in secondary university so I would have been like 19 or whatever and yeah just like whoa, what just happened there? What is going on with this? Like, I still liked it because I like things that are challenging and I like things that are, are weird. And I think at that time I was, I, I like things that I knew would piss people off in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just like something because it's not like the mainstream. Yeah, it's but just so, it's so you don't really like it, but you just like it because it's so different. Yeah, yeah, and I still have a certain, there's a certain amount of me that's still drawn to that, I have to say. Yes. I mean, it's probably why I prefer abstract art to, to uh, you know, real to some kind of realism art. It's probably why I, like, I spent a lot of time listening to, like, really weird jazz and stuff when I was younger. Now I listen to more, pretty much everything, but, but I don't know. If you're trying to force yourself to be, like, a not normal or something, I don't know. <laughs> But Eraserhead's a good place to start if that's what you're shooting for. Oh, my God. Yeah, like that whole scene in the radiator and stuff. Like, I haven't seen it in a long time. I should probably watch it again. It's just like, 
What were you thinking? I think I left partway through. I never finished it. Yeah. It was just horrible. Yeah, I don't think as a 13-year-old kid you're ready for seeing something like that yet. It's just, it's just too... Uh, it, I think if you saw something like that that was like a short, you would be okay. But it's like to see that, to watch that for like 80 minutes or whatever, that's a long time. Oh my goodness. Mm. But anyway, he's he was... Um, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because he's somebody who's always kind of been... I think uh, a fascinating um, sort of person in the American kind of cultural scene. And I've, I've really been a fan of him for a long time. And then I said, I remember Jeremy Hobbs was involved in the production of that somehow, but then I saw at the end, there was like a list of a thousand names. So he might've just been one of those thousand names. I'm not sure how, how much he had to do with it, but I'll chat with him about that next time I see him. But he, they actually did a release of that here at the Highland theater. Now it's the new kind of repertory theater that plays stuff. And he did a little talk on it. So he must've had something to do with it. I don't know how he got connected with that. He's really into film. Like he goes to the TIFF every year to the whole thing and sees lots and lots of films. And so, and, I, and he's and how also, how do you like, know him? Oh, he's, he's just a guy who's on the kind of scene of various people that I've met and known. Like he's a musician as well. He's a playwright. He's a pretty active guy. I don't know what the, I don't know how he pays his bills, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's ever had a job as far as I've known, but I don't think he could make that much money as a playwright, but Maybe he, uh, maybe he does okay. That is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's he's a he's a strange guy. But uh, but yeah, I've, and I haven't I don't know him super well. But but like I said, I remembered him being involved somehow with that production because I think you know what I bet you if you look into it, there must be a Canada connection to it. Something with Toronto, I bet. Like maybe some of the people that made it were actually Canadian. Okay. And that might be the connection. I bet you there's something to do with it being work, some of the work being done in Toronto. I bet you that's how he got connected to that. Because he knows like other people that would know people. And he, they, I don't know, like, what does a producer to a film even do? And I don't know if that's what his actual job was for that. Like a producer is kind of an organizer, I thought. Yeah. Like the director's the one who's like, it's really their vision. But the producer's the one who's just making sure that everything is coming together. And you got, the director has all the things that they need. And there's, you got like, the camera's coming. I think it's a really like a major project management job. Making a yeah. film. Would, Give you know, money to. Yeah. Yeah. Making a film would be, it's a, such a huge undertaking. And we take, I think when I watch TV or anything and I watch some of these shots that are being made and you think, well, that just looks so simple. But some of these shots probably take like a half day or an all day to do just to do like a five second shot. Yeah, I've been interested in, um, in movies again. Um, there, there are a few movies that came up on Netflix. Uh, I watched Jaws last night. <laughs> Jaws, yeah, those, that's cool to see those classics though. Those are, those are, they're, they're, they stand the test of time for a reason. There was a scene where the police officer is on the beach, and there's a little boy that gets eaten by Jaws, Uh-oh. and there's um, um. A process of the camera that it's a dolly dolly in and zoom out at the same time and it gives the effect of of somebody who is feeling that rush of adrenaline and there's the moment of realization that something alarming is happening and everything outside the field of vision sort of 
uh, fades out and you close in on the face kind of thing. And I thought Spielberg had developed that, but it was actually Hitchcock. I, I was going to say, I bet you a lot of these techniques that you see that you marvel at when you start to think about how how much work they are to put together, a lot of them were probably uh, originally made, started by Hitchcock and then expanded upon probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitchcock would have been the biggest influence on all that generation of filmmakers like Spielberg and whatever. The I guy wonder was. if he has some on David Lynch. I mean, that would be an interesting question yeah. to, to, to look at. I think it would be hard to have him not have some influence on you because he was just such a uh, he was such a giant of the American film industry. And, you know, I have not seen very many of them. Like he's probably got like 50 films and I bet you I've only seen five or six of them. OK, I've seen Vertigo, of course. Yeah, that one a couple times. That's a great one. Uh, what's the what's the one with the Bates Motel? Oh, yeah. The uh, Psycho. Yeah, I've seen that. Psycho. Yeah. Uh, what's the one with um, the it's 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 a con- long continuous shot the rope yeah I don't know that one rear it's window like there's no oh yes rear window I've seen that one and str- I think it's called strangers on a train oh I don't know that one yeah it's a real early one. Oh no 39 steps is another early one actually I've seen a few of them because I used to have them at the public library and I lived like a block away from the public library. So we used to always take out, they had lots of Hitchcock. So I've probably seen more than I, I recall, but there's lots of them that I still have like to see. If you look through the list, it was like, wow, he really made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like say influenced everybody from David Lynch to on some level. I feel like having a Hitchcock uh, watch through. Yeah, I awesome. think that would be good. Usually better to plan these things in the fall rather than in the spring because it's good winter stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Bring it with you. To, bring it with you when you go camping. Mhm. Mhm. Watch it on your watch it on your uh, on your tablet. Ah, good idea. This, yeah, that's this, a good way to uh... yeah, evening once you're sitting around a fire at like you know nine o'clock at night and it's dark out. This summer, uh, things are filling filling up quickly. I um. Yes. I'm going to go see my mother uh, because she was sick. Yeah, she was in the hospital, so she's okay. Yeah, she's okay now. Um, But uh, she has a heart condition, so she had an open heart surgery in the past. Someone in, how old is she, in her 70s? No, she's 80. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that's a lot for somebody in that age. Well, good for her for getting through that. Wow. She is so strong. Yeah, she must be. Yeah. So, so that's that's a, you're going there for a week probably. Yeah, I'm going to go see her, and I I have um, I have to go to Blind River. I have my paintings are going there this summer, so that that will be my first exhibition. Uh, and I don't, I have no idea how that will go <laughs> and how that yeah. will be. Yeah, it'll be a, probably a learning experience, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and then, uh, at the end of July, I'm going to Montreal for, um, a thing, uh, with Dave and Madeline, but we will go through London 
I think there are two moments when we are going through London. Oh yeah, we're going to be going to um, a podcasters conference in Hamilton. Oh yeah, uh, so you Dave goes to that every year. You don't usually go though, do you? Yeah, but I'm go coming this time because oh, awesome. I'm bringing I'm bringing five paintings I made of podcasters. Oh, right, right, right. That's I'm going to bring them in the place where they have their drinks and where they podcast and put them in chairs or lean them against tables or whatever. <laughs> Get them seen. <laughs> yeah, they're coming with us, basically. Oh, that's cool. So that will be at the beginning of July. I'm hoping I, I get to see you then. I think okay. the beginning of July will be okay. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have much going on then. The June's kind of busy. Mm -hmm. But I think July, I have a couple of, I don't really think I have much until the end of the month. And then, mm -hmm. so yeah, the middle of July would probably work if you were going to, so you'd come and visit, uh, visit family here for a day or two or a day. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll we'll uh, work it out so that we can share the time between uh, London and Montreal. Yeah. And Hamilton. And Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. So is, that all, is that all on the same trip? No, no, the Montreal one is another trip uh, um, at the end of July. So we'll be, yeah. we'll be coming twice in July. Yeah, so in and... July, the end of July, it's like the last, it's the, I think, 27th like that last weekend the long weekend i won't be around then okay okay well we're we're going to be in montreal on the 27th but we'll be around before so yes that's perfect, 24th actually. 25th 26th yeah, that's perfect. around yeah, there perfect. yeah maybe oh, we could go, go grab dinner yeah and uh check out museum london or check out any other gallery I haven't what seen else yet. Yeah. yeah, I haven't gone to. I haven't seen the gallery at Western, for example. The Macintosh Gallery. I'm not sure what would be going on there in the summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. It might be though. I, I I don't know for sure. I know the guy who's the uh, curator there. Um, mm -hmm. Mike uh, Mike Lambert, I think. No, Brian Lambert. Brian Lambert. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a good guy. I mm -hmm. see him around every once in a while. I think he's still doing that. Okay. Um, but, there was, and there was a gallery where Jason McLean was. I've never been to that one. Oh, the, uh, the Gibson gallery. Yeah. Yeah. He's usually got something on in the summer. He's got, and he's, if he, even if he didn't have like a, a specific show, he would have art up on the walls and be open during the business hours during the week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. There's like also, there's, there's a couple of other things right around there too, like uh, that I don't really pay much attention to anymore, but there's like the Forest City Gallery, there's the Arts Project, there's um i can't remember there's another one that's on dundas street there that i've looked in but i've not gone into it looks okay Is the arts project uh an artist run center the arts project is weird because they are the forest city gallery is the artist run center the arts project kind of is but i think that they rely on more corporate donation like i think the space might be donated and maybe it's a uh, like a city thing connected maybe the city gives them a bunch of money so it's not quite the same as like this, uh, although maybe it is, I might be wrong on that, but it would be weird to have two artist run centers that were kind of coming from the same pot of money. Cause I know okay. like usually they come from Ontario arts council grants mainly, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. funded. 
Yes. So I'm not sure if they get that or not. Okay. But That's it's a big space. They've got like a the, the the art up there is usually there's sometimes there's good art, but there's it's it seems like there, there's more kind of um, less good art, shall we say, just stuff that looks like the people aren't they they they're kind of working their ideas out still or student work or whatever. But then there's also good stuff up there, and they have a little theater in the back, so they actually put on plays and stuff once in a while. I I'm not super connected to it, but I I have gone to things there. Cool. Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? No, I think that's good. I'm glad that we got this in and I'm sorry, again, I forgot that I was, I had already planned to spend some stuff time with Ashley this evening doing some stuff. Oh no, no, that's so good. This timing's good for me if you're available. On Mondays, I often don't, (laughs) I sometimes don't go into work or or I work at home on Mondays. Oh, that's good. so, So today was a good day. Okay, but that's good though. I think we got a got some pretty good david lynch coverage in there and other things yeah can you just hold on i'll i we're gonna say goodbye and uh i just want to ask you something just a sec <laughs>